0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the late pick five at Saratoga on Saturday, August 6th, 2022. This is show number 184, August 5th, 2022. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, can you believe this is the first time we're doing a Saratoga pick five this year?
2: Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting race, uh, sequence of races, too, uh, for sure. But um, we'll be doing plenty of other Saratoga pick fives before the summer's over. That's for sure.
1: Well, I, I hope so. <laughs> it's, you know, this is really the first time I've handicapped any Saratoga for the year. Uh, you know, Now, granted, I could have done it like on a, a random Sunday, but I just haven't, I haven't had a chance.
2: Well, I think by the time the summer's over, we'll have hit Saratoga a couple more times for sure. But this time of year where the racing's great, I mean, we've got uh, the <laughs> strange Arlington Million week next week, um, but then we'll be back at Saratoga the following week. So I'm looking forward to it. This summer, you know, racing is really good, especially if you like turf racing and the weather cooperates. Um and we're gonna see some of that in this sequence. Although I do think they were a little conservative about the way they, um, what races they put in the pick five and at the end of the day, um, probably because they were a little bit nervous about putting the turf races in. And there was a couple of good turf stakes that they, or at least one turf stakes race that they could have included um, that they didn't for some reason, I'm guessing it might've been the weather.
1: I don't know. I just hope the weather's good because I am going to Saratoga for Whitney Day. I will awesome. be there. Yep.
2: Well, oh. we've been there on this weekend when it's poured <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, you never know. I mean, it's, when it's hot like this and there's some moisture in the air, uh, it may dodge the track, but it could you know, just unload for 15 or 20 minutes and turn the turf course into a bog. I mean... You never know. It looks pretty promising tomorrow. We might get lucky and get a fast track and a firm turf course and everything stays on. Let's hope.
1: Yeah, yeah. My feeling is that the weather's gonna cooperate. It's gonna the 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 major stuff will hold off, but it is Saratoga. You just don't you never know. And yeah, uh, it can
2: come out of nowhere. It can be from beautiful to a downpour in twenty minutes.
1: And I I want to shout out to a previous pod guest who will, will, will no, no doubt have him on again, Jason Perlmutter, who, um, is, uh, who I'm going to be enjoying the races with, uh, all day tomorrow, uh, in section N row. I'm not sure what row, but we'll be in section N watching the races at the spa all day. Really looking forward to seeing and handicapping with him and, and hopefully uh, going in on a pick five with him.
2: Yeah, say hello to Jason and good luck and enjoy a day at the race as you picked a good day.
1: Play in the Sport of Kings NHC qualifier starting every month. Each month, the top 50 players who are NHC Tour members advance to round two, which is Breeders' Cup weekend. In that final, 450 players will duke it out playing all 14 Breeders' Cup races two people will win a seat to the nhc and the top 100 will get tour points join the nhc tour before any monthly round one begins if you join the tour you could win up to 20 seats to the nhc in free contests for only 50 bucks it's the best deal in racing if you sign up for the tour use promo code sport of kings so we get credit if you haven't signed up for our free contest with free DRFPPs, go to sportivekings.net right now thank you and good luck we have a special returning guest. He won the NHC in 2011. He co founded the handicapping product Optics EQ. He's John Doyle. John, welcome back.
0: Hey, Scott, Chris, how's it going,
1: guys? It's going really oh, good. And um, <laughs> we're uh, excited to have you back for a little Saratoga action. First time you're handicapping Saratoga with us.
0: That's right. It's good because I actually do the notes now this year. I just started doing the notes. for. That's one of our products uh, for Saratoga this year. So I'm kind of excited to kind of dig in.
1: So have you been doing the notes like for the first couple of weeks?
0: Yes, correct. Yeah.
1: And uh, I, I know at least one horse is coming back, uh, already has to start Saratoga this meet. Uh, any Anything notable about the, the Saratoga actions so far, especially for me because it's my first day handicapping Saratoga this year?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know about today, but I will tell you with the last couple of days that I noticed, uh, and I noticed this in a couple of days, the dirt track has had really bad kickback. Um, and uh, I think there's, you know, especially the last couple of days here, it was really effective horses trying to come from behind. You know, people go, is it a, you know, why is it a speed track or whatever this is? Is But the kickback's been really bad. And I, I don't know if you, you see jockeys, when you start seeing jockeys try to really get up close behind horses so they don't get that kickback kind of takes them off their strategy a little bit. But I noticed that the horses that are a little bit off of, you know, the early, the first and second flights are getting killed. And, uh, you know, so I'm kind of following that when they come back. It might be a good excuse because I tell you, once those horses get that kick back in their nose and mouth, I find that, uh, you know, if they don't get it the next time, they can improve dramatically. So that's what I'm watching. That's one of the observations I've had so far.
1: Okay. Chris, do you have any uh, questions for John before we get started?
2: Yeah, just uh, regarding kickback, I really think that's probably one handicapping factor that is underplayed and there's some value in that. Um, I don't think people realize how big a um, difference it can make for a horse, you know, having to take, eat that dirt on certain surfaces. It is kind of interesting at Saratoga. I always thought they keep that track wetter than most tracks just in a normal day it always seems like it's sloppy to me um so i'm not surprised the kickback can be a little bit more significant there so i I think it really makes sense to pay attention to that and i do think that's a really underrated factor and that's one of the reasons why um uh sort of the stand you know the the golden trip on turf where you kind of sit in the pocket or sit on the rail and then just sit 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 wait and then go doesn't work nearly as well on the dirt because you got to eat all that dirt for you know a yeah. mile, uh, and before you start running, and not too many horses can can do that, you know, and still have some finish. So I think that's why, you know, saving ground is so much more important in a turf race than a dirt race. Um, and I think it, a lot of it has to do with the kickback, and really the dynamics of the races are very different. And I think that's a big part of it. So yeah. you know, I think you know, we, that's keeping an eye.
0: Yeah, uh, just just good. we started measuring that, you know, like about three years ago, Chris, and horses that come back and have that green kickback label that we've labeled uh, over three years. Now, there are not a lot of them, you know, because there's only certain tracks that have this, uh, they've shown a return on investment, profit, just betting those horses back blindly just with the kickback label. I think that shows you how significant that is. Uh, and I, I can see horses improve 20, 30 points on our, you know, speed speed scale. So it, it's it's huge. Uh, and I started where I started first noticed this is Gulfstream when horses were coming off the turn just not firing. I'm like why are these horses? This was about six, seven years ago, and I just couldn't understand it. And I, you know, after kind of looking at a lot of times and looking at a lot of head and try, finally really figured it out that this kickback is significant impact uh, on horses. Especially, it's not too bad if they get it in their chest and legs, but when they get it up in their nose and in their head and the mouth, and they start checking their head, that's that's when it's significant.
1: Yeah, so that's
2: another,
1: great. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say yet another handicapping angle to uh, confuse us.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, though, you know, most of the angles are already baked into the odds, so you're always looking for something that I think doesn't get the the attention it should. And I think kickbacks one of those things that really people don't understand how important it is and how big of like John said, how dramatically it can impact a horse's performance. So those are the good kinds of things that you can where you can find something that's not necessarily already baked into the odds. That's how you get an edge. Well I'm watching the race with best pal and he is all out. He won, but boy, he's lost that pop out of the gate and You mean uh, golden pal? You know? the oh, golden, uh, pal, golden yeah. pal. What I said. Oh, I said best. What I call him best pal. <laughs> I showed you how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best pal? Yeah, let, pal. Let me let me look, look up my Encyclopedia Britannica,
1: see who best pal is. Uh,
2: yeah, you. I'm got, kidding. I'm a kidding. Very good cowbreed. Yeah. Kidding. I'm kidding. One I'm of kidding. The best cowbreeds <laughs> ever. Yeah. But yeah, he. It was probably class. 40 years ago that he ran. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Sorry about that. Uh I just was watching that race. Best pal did win, but he's lost that pop out of the gate that made him so, you know, devastating oh, in these yeah, turf sprints. Yeah. That's a c- yeah. couple of races he hasn't really gotten out of the gate now. Right. I, you don't know, well, mind that out of
0: the gate that creative causeway, that horse that's running the ball. Well, actually, I guess he's running as part of this thing we're gonna look at. He's also got that that's right. Of the gate. Yeah.
1: But, All right. Well, yeah, I hey. think you're right. So let's uh, let's actually get started with this uh, pick five at Saratoga on Whitney Day. Starts with the eighth race. It's an allowance race, seven furlongs on the dirt. Purse of 3 year olds and up. John, as our guest, why don't you get us started?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm am just going to tell you overall my strategy, if that's okay, and then we'll I'll just dig right into this race as we okay. lead in. So what I'm going to do is basically I'm going to single two horses in this sequence. One is going to be obvious and the other one's going to be not so obvious. And then I'm going to pretty much spread in two legs. And then I'm going to try to beat Life is Good in the Whitney. So I'm going to spread a little bit in that race, but it's a short field. So it's not really a big spread. So I think it's a reasonable ticket wise because, you know, if all these favorites click, it could be really chalky. And so the first leg, you know, the eight sink tappet looks like, you know, pretty good. You know, he won his maiden race and that race came back pretty good. So it's not like one of those soft main races, but still it's hard to bet first time versus winners in this race. And I, I just went pretty deep in this race because I just, once I started looking at it, if, if if he doesn't win, you know, I looked at the early pace and I thought the five and the 10 could have kind of an advantage at early pace, but the one had a look, you know, I thought the seven could come flying late. So I was kind of really deep in this first leg. And, uh, the, so the way I'm going to play it is I'm going to go, uh, Bread. Let me see what I ended up with. Um, yeah, I'm going to go one, uh, five, seven, eight, uh, and ten.
1: Okay, and we, we we like the names of horses since uh, oh, okay. a lot, so, a lot it, of people drive going, while they're listening.
0: Okay, yeah, I'll give them. I got it for you. I'm going one perfect mornings, five fluid station, seven money supply. Cause I thought he had a little bit of a look. He had a he kind of you know, I have some notes on his horse. I thought on his race last at Churchill those a better-than-looked effort. The eight, St. Tappet, the nine, Osborne actually, and the ten American gentlemen. I know that's uh, you know a lot of horses, but uh, like I said, I'm gonna be skinny these other some of these other lakes, so it's still affordable. And you know, St. Tappet looks like the horse, but I thought the five and seven. If, you know, if I, if people want to kind of key around horses, those are the horses I kind of like the best. I thought value wise, they look okay. Five and seven fluid station. I'm sorry, fluid situation and money supply.
1: Okay. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I, I did pick a horse just so I could uh, have bragging rights if it comes in, but, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm deep as well. In fact, uh, I, I think I went one deeper than you, Chris, what are you thinking here?
2: Well, I do think St. Tappet looks like a talented horse. I do think he's going to get bet heavily. And, you know, this is a $115,000 allowance race, and he's got some pretty good horses to beat. So I do think in the sequence, this is one of the favorites that, that looks vulnerable. Um, the horse I landed on that I like the most is the one perfect money. It's one of the, the horses that John mentioned. Now, this horse ran the race of its life at Saratoga, uh, last year. And, uh, then something went wrong. Uh, just ran a couple of clunkers and then was on, a, on the bench for a long time. And then they brought it back and in its comeback race, it was pretty good. It, it he ran second to a horse that was loose on the lead on a day where the I thought the track was extremely speed biased. So to me, that was a pretty good prep for this. Now he's back at Saratoga, where he's, you know run his best race of his life, second off a laugh as a four year old. You know, these are the kind of horses I love to play, fifteen to one in the morning line. If he can run back to that race, he could win. If he can improve off that, which he should be able to now that he's a four, you know, four a year older, uh, he could definitely win. And if there is one of those famous you know, thunder showers at Saratoga, he's by Munnings, who we've talked about before, just really good off-track sire. So, and he's got tactical speed. Uh, I don't really like the rail too much, as long as, but as long as it's not a bad rail, I think he'll sit a pretty good trip. He might even be on the lead. There's not a lot of speed in here. They might just send him right to the front. If not, he might even trip out, you know, behind the speed horses, you know, just off the lead. So at 15 to one, I think a lot of value there as a win bet. And also in the big five.
1: Okay. Well, I am, uh, I'm on board with you guys using perfect monies. Um, I am going deep in this race. It is, I think the toughest race in the sequence. So, I'm going to go deep, but for my pod pick, I will take Anejo. Source broke its maiden at Saratoga, going a mile and an eighth. Matched that best race two races ago, which was also a winning effort, and it was on the lead. In his last, he broke out at the start. So, it's a tossable race. Um, he's now trained by Doug O'Neill, and O'Neill is eight for 49 with a 352 ROI for this owner, Calumet Farm. Source shows a nice forty-seven-two bullet since its last race. I just think it's poised to run an improved race on the cutback. It's been going longer. It has w- only one race under a mile, and that was on its uh, on the turf in its debut. I think it can win on the lead or just off. And um, it's fifteen to one, and I think w- you'll get every bit of that, and maybe even more. So a for me. I will mention all the other horses that I that I have. They're not exactly the same, but um as as John's. But Perfect Money's Silly K, Prince of Pharaohs, Aneho, of course, uh, money supply. Somehow I might just toss St. Tappet because the the one thing I didn't like about that 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 debut debut race is that he weakened quite a bit on the gallop out. So maybe, you know, maybe that's I was thinking like, there's gotta be some way to play the horse. And then I saw that eight to five morning line. So, so maybe, maybe I do toss him and, uh, just hope for the best. And, um, the other horse that I would use is Osborne, which, uh, John also had. So, so I'm seven deep in the pick five on this race.
2: Well, you and John are both deep. I, I don't think I'm, I don't think it's that, that wide open. Um, and the other horse I like, neither one of you mentioned, and you pretty much mentioned the whole field. So I guess I'll plug in the one horse that hasn't been mentioned. And that's the six horse hometown. Uh, this horse got major physical issues, but his best race was off a long layoff. He changes barns. He goes from Chad Brown, but but he goes to Atrus, who's very good. And he's the kind that might put over one off a long layoff at, saratoga so you know to me as this horse the five-year-old still has some upside has run well off the bench before um i wouldn't be shocked at all to see him run well in here and he'll be a good price so to me those are the two i like um you know i i think saint tappet is one you could use but i'd be willing to maybe take a shot against him he's vulnerable the the other one you guys mentioned that i i think you got to use is money supply he really has had some miserable trips in his la pretty much every race he's ever run in i think he hasn't really had a good trip so i i wouldn't be surprised to see him run well in here um but i don't you i don't like those other horses much i you guys i think I, my opinion is those other ones would be a surprise to me so i i'm not gonna be too deep in here
1: Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I can possibly use all in this race, I will. I, I don't know if I can, but um, we'll see. I still have to flesh out the pick five. Let's go to the ninth race uh, for uh, <laughs> an easy one. It's the test, a grade one, seven furlongs on the dirt, purse of 500,000 for three year old Phillies. Chris, can you beat Matera?
2: Well, I do think she's probably the most likely winner, um but I do think she's not invincible be- just because this is a 3-year-old race and um you know, 3-year-olds can really improve a lot. I mean, if if they just all run back to their best race, she's going to win easily because there just isn't any other proven horses in here that she has to beat. So, you know, of the in the sequence, I think she's the most likely winner, but I think there's a couple in here that could improve dramatically. And um if they do, might be able to pull the upset. And so, you know, I'm this is one like we've talked about before in the sequence. I, I think it's kind of the way John's gonna approach it. There's two or three heavy favorites and I think you just try to beat you know, at least one of them. You know, you don't you don't play it to chalk out, that's a waste of time and money, but You know, you you try to beat one of those favorites and maybe both of them, or if you're maybe even three of them, try to beat one or two of them. And this would be one I would try to beat, but I would still have a backup ticket if the, uh, you know, if uh, I can beat the other favorites. Um, And the one I like in here as the upside horse is the wish you well. She's the four horse. Um, You know, horses, where they're most likely to improve dramatically is from the first or second start. I think most people know that. And, you know, that's where you can see a big improvement. Uh, but this horse's second, you know, ran well in its debut. And then second start, though, it caught a sloppy track and it broke poorly and basically, you know, ran a race you can toss. Which means, you know, I, and then it's had some time since then. So it's been like four months since that debut race. And to me, this is kind of like a second start. And it should have developed some. Phillies don't develop as much as the Colts this time of year, but they do improve, especially you know if they've really only had one start where they've done any running. So you know this horse could jump up way up um, in this race. And at twelve to one in the morning line, and you know and Autorea going to be one to five, you you could better to win and you could also get some value in the pick five if you can beat Monterey. Uh, the one caveat is if it does rain and it gets sloppy, I wouldn't I would I wouldn't play this horse because, you know, her one effort was pretty bad in the slop, although she did get off to a bad start. Maybe she had an excuse. So, anyway, I'm with four. Wish you well.
1: And uh, <clears throat> another reason to like the four is a huge workout, 47-1 on the Saratoga training track uh, since that last race. So, um, she likes it up there. John, what are you thinking?
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with the favorite here. This is the one I'm going to sing on I, I just don't see. Because the, the other thing about her is that um, all these horses have similar run styles. And I think she could sit. These, a lot of these other horses haven't proved they can sit and pass horses. Uh, the only exception is, and this is the only thing I might consider like a pick four or something like that to include the seven, just because And I don't like the way Ward's horses are particularly running so far. this meet. He's doing okay, but it's not like doing like he's done in the past. But I just think that's a horse with an opposing run style that could come running late. Forms a little choppy. But, uh, you know, when I just look at all the other horses, they're all going to be competing for the lead. And, you know, one scenario could be, you know, somebody just runs them down late. But for the pick five, I'm going with the one Monterey. And then uh, maybe pick four backing up using the seven also.
1: Okay, well, um, I do like Matarea. Uh Clearly, she has to be used. I wouldn't be against her. Um, but if you do want a long shot, um, if you do want a long shot, uh, I, I do actually, I think Wish You Well is is a horse that you might, might use. I agree with Chris on that one. But uh, the other horse that I'm quite interested in and um, I'm going to go ahead and make her my top pick just because of the potential upside, uh, is Elm Drive. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, I, I, I do agree that Materia is the most likely winner, but Elm Drive has reasons. If you're looking for reasons to beat the favorite, if you're looking for uh, a possible angle, there's a few things to like about this Taurus. Uh, the first is that she won the Sorrento as a two year old, she ran pretty fast and she beat. Uh, a Baffert filly named Ida, who went on to do a lot of, um, win a lot of stakes. I, I, I'm not <clears throat> not sure how many, but um, she was one of those Baffert fillies that that did very well. Um, they were both 13 lengths ahead of the third place finisher there. And in her thir- three-year-old debut, it's not mentioned, but she had a pretty significant bump at the start. She still won the race pretty easily. I think she was two to one in that race. And 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 kind of like Chris said, when you expect a horse to run well in their second start, we also expect a horse to run well in their second start of their three-year-old year. So um, considering that she ran a little faster in her first race at, off a of layoff as her, uh, her two-year-old best, she was really likely to run well in her next race. And <clears throat> she didn't because she hit the gate. She hit the gate pretty hard. Uh, if you watch the replay, the head-on, it, it's in the, it's in the, you know, it's in the the running line that she hit the gate. But if you look at it, she hit it pretty hard. She was third in that race after hitting the gate, and the, what's really notable is that she was going up against older fillies, including Becca Taylor, who was eight for nine going into that race and is now nine for ten. And the second place horse was Samurai, who was five for eight and is now five for nine. So you know she was she not only hit the gate against these older fillies but she ran respectably against them. You know the only negative is that she's a little filly. So I don't know. You know I'm always I'm a little biased. Sometimes I I'm afraid they 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 don't have the constitution. But it's only seven furlongs. So considering that she hasn't done that big improvement from her first race to her second race as a three-year-old, uh, I think she's got a big shot here. And I, I like that they shipped her after her last race. She's been acclimated to Saratoga. She's got three workouts here. She's uh, going for the trainer Michelle Nevin with Manny Franco, and they have combined with many long shots in the past. Um, that'll be my pick in the race, and um, and it's just you know it's a horse that you should consider if you if you if you if you uh, can afford to not single Madreya. Uh, look for Elm Drive. Sorry, that was a really long yeah. one.
2: Yeah, that was an interesting pick. The The other horse I like in here, other than Wish You Well, is the five-horse November Rain. You Now, this horse ha- already has two wins at Saratoga, including a stakes win. And, you know, her second off a layoff, her previous race before this one, you know, she came back and won, and so I think she's in really good form. She likes the track. Um, she can just sit just off and still finish. She has past horses in the stretch. Um, you know, she's – you know, I-Rad's on board. He may get bet, so I, I don't know what she'll get bet, but I can't believe, you know, with Monterey at one to five, you're probably going to get a pretty square price, and everybody else especially – You know the value in the pick five so that's the other one i like probably not as much as wish you well but you know there are horses that like saratoga and run really well there and she might be one of those it's it's hard to tell now but you know she's two for two and um heading back there for this one two
1: for two saratoga and three for five um life three for six but uh three for five on fast track
2: Yeah, and both of those losses were were her first time start, you know, kind of off the bench and her other one off the bench. So, you know, clearly she's not, doesn't get ready off the layoff. But if you you look at races where she's got a race under her belt, uh, other than that bad race in the slop, um, she's three for three.
1: Okay, we'll move to the Whitney, the 10th race. It's a mile and an eighth on dirt, purse of a million dollars for four-year-olds and up. And, John, you're going to beat – you're going to go against Life is Good. I'm I'm. I'm excited because yeah. I'm also going against Life is Good. Tell me why yeah. you're against Life is Good.
0: I I think distance. I think this horse has distance limitations. Now, I know this horse has won at this distance, but it's all, all always been a little bit shaky. I, I don't think she's going to get I – I just think she's a one-turn horse. And the way she plots on our plot, she plots as a pretty – Medium-sized circle. That means relatively late pace versus the other horses in this race. She could be vulnerable, and uh, so that's why I'm playing against her. I just, I just don't think this is the right distance for her, and she's going to be hounded. Uh, and she's
1: running day. against she's the boys. Be-
0: yeah, And she's going to be hounded. I mean, you know, this is, you know, Olympia is going <laughs> to be on,
1: it, our, on it our. It flight. is a, it is a he, by the way. What's that? Life is good. it's, it's a he.
0: Oh, did I say she? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I must've been, I must've been still in the last race. Okay. Uh, she, he's going to be hounded. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm against uh, life is good. And so, you know, I always liked the American revolution. I think that's the value in this race. I think maybe he trips out if Olympian life is good Hook up, he may be able to sit a good trip. Um, you know, he's, he's won the cigar miles. So he's, he's kind of a class. I'm not sure. Like, you know, I, he's, he's won a nine furlongs. So he's good at nine furlongs. Hot Rod Charlie is such a gamer. I, you know, I just don't know if he's where he used to be, you know, uh, the Mammoth race, I think he should have won that race. He didn't. Uh, so, but I, I would include him and uh, I would even consider the five, you know, it depends on again when you, when I'm talking about singling two other races. So I might have some room here. So, I'm one, I'm going to use American Revolution, Hot Rod Charlie, and uh, Olympiad, and then even Happy Savers, because if I'm going to try to beat life Is good, might as well do it. Three Zoomers a toss, you know, that horse has no chance.
1: Okay, Uh, American Revolution, that horse that Chris and I were both on in his last race, couldn't get it done against Olympiad, but a valiant effort. Chris, where are you at on this race?
2: Yeah, but he has, has beat Olympiad before in New York. So um, uh, I kind of like him, but I he's not my picker. And I, I've heard he has he got the same ownership and trainer. His life is good. They may scratch him. He may be like an insurance policy in this race. We'll see. You know, Pletcher has three in, and he probably wanted to make sure the race went. Well, I guess Whitney would probably go even if they only had one or two. But um, I, I anyway, you might keep an eye on that. He could scratch out. The one horse, but uh, he's he could be some value in there, but he's not my pick. I mean, my pick's if you listen to the pod, you know it's it's going to be Hot <laughs> Rod Charlie. Um, but first, a comment on life is good. I agree. The distance limitations, uh, I do think they exist. Uh, I'm, I know he kind of got the distance in Gulfstream, but that's a lot different than getting it at Saratoga. I mean, I think it's a real mile and an eighth. Um, and he did benefit from, you know, the tactics of mixed go, they decided they weren't going to try to go with life as go. So he got to set, you know, his own clear, easy, you know, pace. So, uh, you know, I do think the distance is a question mark for him. And, you know, he, if you look at his form, he, he runs well off a of layoff, but he almost always regresses, at least in terms of speed figures, um, after, he runs a big race fresh. So, uh, to me, this is exactly what we saw. You know, they prepped him and he ran huge, and he usually regressed off that. He did last year. Um, he did off his win at um, Gulfstream. I mean, they refreshed him up for two or three months and he runs a big race and then he regresses. He still usually wins just because he's a good horse and he's just better than his competition. But I think. In this race, uh, you know, he might not be able to get away with that. Um, He can't. I don't know if he can regress, and and win. So I think that is another um, negative for him. But you know, I like Hot Rod Charlie. I mean, this is a horse that, you know, they just he's run against. They took it everywhere, running against all the best horses and all the best races. I mean, he's taken on everybody. Uh, he's kind of almost a throwback. I mean, he had eight starts last year, which is a lot for a grade one horse. And he's already, this is his fourth start this year. And he's already been, you know, halfway across the world and back for a couple races. And he's really never had much of a break. And he, they gave him a freshening after Dubai. And what I thought was clearly a prep, they weren't he wasn't fully cranked he gave six pounds to a really good gritty horse in mind control and he was parked three or four wide through both turns. So to me, the fact that, you know, he loomed up and, and, and mind control dug back in and beat him was not bad at all. He out to me was a per- perfect prep and a great race and, and to throw shade on him, which I've heard repeatedly from, you know, somewhat from, you know, John just now, but I've heard a lot. I mean, no to I'm used him. i I just said
0: he's a game horse. Yeah. I'm not throwing shade. I'm just saying yeah. I thought he he's... should have won that race. That's
2: all. But well, I to me though he shouldn't have. He ran a big race, but he I gave mean, but, six but the... pounds and, and a lot of ground. You know, thirty or forty feet in ground loss and six pounds to a really yeah. good horse, it's and and a, really a race where he it's... wasn't fully cranked. A, really, a really good horse. Good race, he's it's, really it's good. Still great, it's,
0: still, it's still a great three and mama I, I, I you know where he's, I, I'm just saying I, I'm just. Hot Rod Charlie, I, I think he's a gamer, but still, um, I still think he should have won that race, it's just my uh, opinion. It, you, think it was grit, you think it was grit on that horse? Yeah. I think it probably was gr- less grit on him. That's, that's the way I kind of looked
2: at yeah. it. I, 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 and I totally disagree. I, yeah. If you ever watch Mind Control's races, he's done that three or four times in his career. That he is the grittiest horse in training. And at a mile, when he gets the lead, he's really tough. And, you know, it was just a prep and he ran really well in the prep. So anyway, I think he's sitting on in a big race. I'm not sure about the blinkers on. I'm glad Pratt's back on. The other thing is, you know, he had to endure having Mike Smith ride him in that race, too, which is never a good thing. (laughs) So um, uh, he's the most overrated rider, you know, on the planet right now. And at one time he was good, but he's not anymore. So, you know, and he was blaming the horse. Yeah, well, he, he Horace didn't park himself three or four wide throughout both turns. Anyway, um, uh, Hot Rod Charlie, I think is going to run big in here. I think I, I I'm a little nervous that they might try to um, take it to Life is Good right from the start. I think that's maybe could work because I think he could be he could crack Life is Good going a mile and an eighth. I'm not sure he can hold off the other good horses in here though, if they take that tactic. So I'm a little worried about how, you know, what they do tactically. It'll be interesting to see what they do with hot rod Charlie and what they do with Olympiad in terms of, um, you know, how they want to try to apply pressure on life is good. But if he doesn't get into a speed duel, with life is good. Um, I think he could be really tough late. And I think, you know, he's going to be a clear third choice. I mean, the, all the money is going to be on life is good and an Olympiad, I think, especially in the pick five. So I do think it gets some value um, on hot rod Charlie as the third choice in here.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you, Chris, uh, as far as that race, his last race, I just saw it actually, you know, today and, My trip note said everything was perfect except for the foe did not give up. Otherwise it was a flawless run. I mean, I, I thought it was a tremendous race and, you know, I'm just really impressed with mind control. And I, I saw the race. I knew that hot rod Charlie was wider than the whole way. And I said, he's got to be carrying more weight than mind control. And I looked it up and he's carrying six more pounds. So, you know, I, I, I agree, you know, that, um, So, so, so I'm, I'm with you on hot rod, Charlie. I, um, let me see what I, what I typed up for him. Um, he ran his fastest race ever in what was just a prep as a four-year-old. Um, and, 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 and that's normally I sort of expect a horse to regress from something like that, but he has had six weeks rest and it was only slightly faster than his best previous race. And uh, I think he still has a little upside as a four-year-old. He was fast at the age of two. He hasn't run a monster, monster, monster race. The monster race could come tomorrow. So, uh, so I'm I'm down with Howard Charlie. Uh, I'll just mention the other horses that I'm considering using, and and maybe you guys can talk me off. I I agree, uh, John. I think American Revolution and Happy Saver both have a shot. Happy Saver could run the biggest race of his life after two really decent races this year, uh, one slightly better than the other. Um, and the horse I'm sort of on the fence with is Olympiad because I mean, he's just, he's a fast, fast, fast. You you might get two to one since life is good is going to be a bet so heavily. And, um, the question is, you know, what are his chances coming off a monster race in his last race does he regress? I, I don't know. he 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 galloped out pretty well after that last race, and he's got a sizzling workout, his best workout ever since then on the Saratoga training track. So you know is can he does he have one more big one in him? That is my question for you guys.
0: He could. I, like I said, the way I play this race is just beat life is good because uh and, you know hopefully you get your best price of those other four. That's the way I'm playing it. I, you know, you, I think the super factor could be, you know, one, two, four, and five in the order that you like, uh, and try to try to get the three and six out of the super and see if you can make some money that way. it be interesting. You know, so you know, I think we all agree that life is good as the horse. You know, we want to play against. That's that's the key to this race. That's that's the key to the pick five. I think, and you are pleasantly surprised if you get, you know, you catch something at a nice price a here. You know. Uh, you know, because be, you're playing into, you know, it'd be hard to play into the race unless, you know, you, you see the odds, but I mean, just, you're just trying to get life as good as that is what my by strategy here.
1: Chris, what do you think about Olympiad?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's hard to knock him. He's just been solid. I just not sure what they're going to do with him. Um, if they don't send hot rod Charlie, it, you know, it seems like they're, they're in it to win it with Olympiad. Right. So they, They got to try to put pressure on life is good. And so uh, he might be the one who, you know, wins the battle and loses the war. Um, It's just real interesting to see what the rider Alvarado on Olympiad and Hot Rod Charlie with Pratt, what they do. Alvarado's pretty non-aggressive. He typically is not one to put horses on the lead or put pressure on the front runner. So I'm going to guess they're going to sit with him. Uh, and that it's going to be up to Hot Rod Charlie to put the pressure on. Um, and, you know, so I don't know if they will. If they don't, then all of a sudden life is good. It's really dangerous, right, if they just let him go. Um, so we'll see. So tactically, I, I wouldn't knock Olympiad. I certainly think he could win. A lot of it depends on how the race unfolds. I kind of agree with John. Beating life is good is is one way to get value. I, I, I'm going to be a, a little bit different in that I'm not as convinced Monterey is unbeatable. So to me, it's like, you want to beat one of those two. Uh, if they both win, it's not really worth betting the pick five, you know, if you're going to play for them both to win, but I'm going to play it, you know, a ticket where I beat Monterey and a ticket where I beat life is good. And a ticket where I beat them both. That's probably how I'll play it. Um, from a kind of a tactic yeah. standpoint in terms of wagering.
0: Yeah. I like that approach, but, uh, Madurea, I like better.
1: Than <laughs> um, I mean, uh-huh. Marey really pretty much makes it a pick four because she is gonna be so bet. I mean, I you know the question is yeah, but, she'll but be she does, more yeah. bet than life is good. She's yeah, two to five be more than it's, a,
0: it's a pick five, the takeout's different, um, and you know, just having the extra race matters. but you know pick five, you still get value, much more value than playing a pick four. You know, oh yeah, and if was, you can
2: if you can beat life is good, and you have Monterey, you're that's fine. That's what I'm saying. To me, oh, that's no, no. not they,
0: oh. even even if you just beat one of them, I think I think there's going to be value. Right,
2: there. right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. I, absolutely, I think you want you can beat, but I think you want to beat one of them. If they both win, if there's no value in the big five. Agree. Yeah, you know, That's all I was saying. So so to me, the way to play it, if you want to play the big five. You got to play to beat one of those two. You could just pick one, like you're doing, John, saying I'm going to try to beat Life Is Good and Single Montereya. That's fine. Right. Uh, I'm just going to probably try. Also, I, I because it's a, if this was like a four-year-old race, and then I would say Montereya is a lock. You know, just because she's so much faster than these. But it's a three-year-old with horses with some upside. I think you know that you never know they could jump yeah. up. So I,
1: you know, that's yeah. why I
2: don't. I, I think. When she's going to be one to nine, or at least one to five, uh, but maybe even one to nine in here, uh, if you can beat her, even if Life is Good wins, you could, you know, do pretty well in the big five. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, that but I think
0: I, I don't disagree with your approach. Your approach is the right approach.
2: I just, right, it just depends I, I just on which I like
0: somebody in that race. And you know, right. the only thing I can come up with is the horse that has like the contrary style to all of them, because the, I think, you know, if they try to beat her, they're going to have to try to beat her. They won't run early. They're not going to sit and try to go past her. I think they're all going to try to go for the lead. And that would leave somebody who can come from off the pace possibly. But I just don't think this track's even conducive to that these days. So that's the other yeah. problem I have race. That's why I had such a problem with that. I was like, well, oh, nothing I could do here. So I'm going to look elsewhere. And then the next race is also a race where I'm going to try to, like spread a lot because, you know, I'm not confident on anyone in that race, even though I, I bet you to clutch your horse is going to be a big favorite.
2: And so the, just to sum it up, um, the worst way to play this and the way many people will is to single life as good in Monterey and spread in the other legs. Um, that's yeah. the worst way to play. That's what everyone's going to do. And even if you catch a long shot in those races, still not going to get much value. That's so- right. I, that that I, so the the that's the absolute worst way to play and that's probably the most common way it'll get played, which is why it's the worst way to play and why playing some other way, you know, kind of gives you an edge tactically in terms of playing the pick five. So, the, you know, to me, that's the one thing I take away. Depending on your opinion of the races, just don't single life is good in Monterey and spread in the other legs. That is not a good way to bet. Even if you cash long term, if you play that way, you're not going to do well in the pick five.
1: Correct. You <laughs> you'll feel good with with your fifty two dollar pick five score uh, for for you know for a few minutes, and um, and then you'll go back to your losing ways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, so um, we still have two races to go. The next one is a really great race. It's the Saratoga Derby Invitational, grade one, mile sixteenths on turf, first of a million dollars for three-year-olds. Chris, what's going to happen in this race? Uh,
2: well, I wish I knew for sure. Um, I agree <laughs> with John. <laughs> These turf routes, um, you know, they are always interesting and more wide open just because trips are so unpredictable and so important. That's why you often get, you know, big prices in these races, you know, much more often than you get in the dirt fields. Plus, you typically have bigger fields like this. So, um, and it's a good one to take a shot. Now, I'm going to take a shot. I, I You know, the, the the first leg of this sequence, this series they've developed in New York where they put a ridiculous $3 million up for three races. I don't get it why they do this, but they have. The Belmont Derby was a predecessor to this one. You know, there were some trips in there, but I just wasn't that impressed by anybody. So, you know, I'm kind of thinking a new shooter or or someone who wasn't wasn't coming out of that race might be interesting in here. And there is a price horse that I've always liked, and that's who I'm going to pick. I'm going to go with 11 Ethereal Road, making his turf debut. Uh, I thought his... Race uh, on the Preakness undercard was great. He ran a big race against the track, I thought. Um, He has a really good kind of explosive move, which is kind of uh, makes you think he could be a good turf horse. He's got sort of that turf turn of foot, and he really has breeding that says, yeah, he should be able to handle and maybe even thrive on the turf. Dam is all turf uh quality road i don't know if he leans turf but at worst case he's sort of neutral so um to me this horse could run a big race in here if i didn't like him in his last start with bejarano riding um i like the fact Sayas is back on um he does draw an outside post but there's a long run of the first turn in at, in this race and you know he's going to drop back anyway and I do think there's going to be more early pace on than there was the last out. We can talk about that later. I'll let you guys weigh in first. But, um, you know, to me, Ethereal Road could get really overlooked. I and mean, We just assume it's Lucas taking a shot, which it is to some extent. But I've actually cashed a couple of times with Lucas on first-time turf horses. He doesn't have great statistics, But I've had a couple of times where I've caught him at a price and these when the horse looked like it was really well meant for the turf. And I think this is one that that might fit that mold. will get completely overlooked. And if Sayas can work a trip, uh, who knows? He might score at a big price. So I'm going to go with a big price. Ethereal Road certainly wouldn't single him in the pick five, but he's definitely a horse. I think you've got to use.
1: His mother uh, was two for seven on the turf, six for seven in the money and his sibling was a stakes winner on turf sprinting. John, where are you at in this race?
0: Oh yeah, I'm spreading big time, but I think the horses that I'm gonna to look to improve the most out of the Belmont Derby are gonna be the seven Royal Patronage and the eight Side Dog. Those are the two Grand Motion horses. I don't like the Euros, I mean, I'm gonna use them, but I don't like them second time US. I didn't think too much of them, but you know, but I still gonna probably use them. Uh, you know, I'm going to go deep here, but I'm hoping to get either the 7 or 8 home in this race. I'm I'm not going to be using, let's say, I'm going to use the 2 Grand Sonata, the 4 Nations Pride, the 6 Annapolis, the 7 uh, Royal Patronage, the 8 Side Dog, uh, the 9 Classic Causeway, just in case it gets loose again. I don't think so. I agree with Chris on that. And Stone Age, the 10. That was the horse I'm going to be using.
2: <laughs>
1: All right, I got three of those down. Um, Oh, it's almost an all, right? Did you say Nation's Pride? Is that one of your horses?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's seven okay.
1: out of eleven horses, so
2: it's not quite an all, but okay. Get it. Five, five is scratched probably
1: because he ran today. Uh, stolen base. He, he. Uh, no, that was he, yeah. He, he ran. today, so he's he'll. Oh, he ran today. Yeah, he ran today. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. All right, one less closer. So, uh, yeah, I actually. I landed on Nation's Pride. He's 7-2 to two morning line, and you know, maybe you'll get that. He got second in his last despite getting – he got upset in the gate. I mean, first I watched the race, and he was off slow, and he closed, and he got second, and that was – that. I was impressed that he, he did that. Then I read about the race, and Frankie Dottori said that he got upset in the gate, and then he was off slowly, and he was way back. And then he, uh, he, he gained, you know, he sort of moved up halfway through the field. Then he dropped back for some reason. Then he made one big run and he got second. Uh, he ran, he still ran the the best race of his life. It was a small best uh, off his European form. And um, yeah, after I read all that, I realized he overcame that trouble to finish second. And he likes to run near the front, you know, or at least, you know, be relatively close to the pace so, uh, so, so he really overcame a lot to get second in that race. And, you know, he, he, I, he, I think he was the favorite, but, um, I, I, I just, I have to go with a horse who's, he's, uh, about the fastest. He's got the four hole and, um, and because he got second, you know, he, he, and he, he didn't ship back to Europe. He's been up at Saratoga. So he's acclimated, um, I understand that second time Euro maybe not as good, but considering that he had that trouble, I think he's actually going to improve off that race. So, so he's the horse I like the most. And um, I also, I almost picked Chris. I almost picked Ethereal Road, but I knew you would pick him. So I said, all right, I'll let, I'll let, I'll let Chris have this one. Um, And I, I did notice that in his last race, It's interesting. Uh, he stumbled after the start. Now it doesn't say that in his, um, in his running line, but if you watch the head on, you'll see that he like he, he, he broke. Okay. And then a few steps out of the gate, he stumbled. And I don't know how much that affected him, but I wrote that it could have affected him. And I also did notice it seemed like he took a lot of kickback. That was just something that I noticed in that race. Um, it's that's the only problem with the kickback it's sometimes it's kind of hard to judge because you can't see it but um so i'll use him and i'll also uh i would also use um if you've watched the race if you watched annapolis in his last race he's kind of hard not to use because he waited 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 and then when he got an opening he just accelerated and he won the race easily. And I think he could have one more in him. So I wouldn't want to go down without him. Um, I wouldn't want to go down in this pick five with him winning. So so I, I would use him. And then the the last one I'm I'm interested in your guys' opinions. It looks like there's a lot more speed in this race. Classic Causeway did impress me in that last race. You know, he he didn't get an easy lead. He had the lead, but it was a pretty fast pace and he held pretty well. Uh, yeah, so I'm on the fence with whether to use him or not because I think he's going to be the eight to one morning line that 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 David Aragona pegs him at. Yeah, I, I thought his know.
2: last race. Yeah, I thought his last race was better than a lot of people give him credit for. I mean, yeah. he took a lot of pressure early. I yeah, mean, they they were pushing him, in, and then they backed off in the middle of the race, but then he got pressure again, uh, and he and he did. Um, finish off his race well i mean he's bred to be good going long on the turf we talked about that i didn't pick him on the pod but i said you know from a breeding standpoint this sort of makes sense um so i wouldn't totally discount him the problem is i think he could get serious pressure in here because i think the one horse main event is going to go It's just going to go flat out go um and he's got some pretty good early gas so you know, and he he can probably maintain it for a a while. Um, and then I think Emmanuel Fletcher's uh, got a couple in here. I think he's probably going to send that one, or at least going to be forward. Um, and Stone Age. If you watch his European races, this horse has speed. They drew the the outside last time, and you know, I I think they just decided you know, Moore decided he was going to grab and, and try to get over. Unfortunately, he just grabbed and he was parked five way, five wide all the way around. Um, So I I do think that horse had an excuse. Uh, I think they're going to be more aggressive with Johnny V. And so, you know, he could go too. I don't know how fast he is. It's hard to gauge, but I think, you know, between him and uh emmanuel and main event i just don't see classic causeway getting any kind of a breather at any point in the race now maybe he's good enough to still win but he'll have to be really good to do it i do think it'll be a tougher trip than last time but i don't think that last trip was like he didn't get an easy lead at all i they were going pretty fast early so you know i have a little more respect for him i wouldn't make him a complete toss but it does seem like From a race shape standpoint he's up against it a bit and it probably does favor the closers and i agree with scott annapolis was pretty impressive that's the other new shooter that i like in here um you know i don't have much else to add other than that to this race
0: yeah i agree annapolis looked really good the only question mark is the distance right he's going to try it for the first time and so you're going to take a short price on a horse that's going to run you know an extra furlong you know it looks like he's going to be capable of doing it but it's just another
2: question mark yeah not a good win bet but probably one i wouldn't leave out yeah. of the pit oh, five yeah, if you beat life is good or matarea or both. right so you could go a lot of ways in this race i'm telling you it's going to be interesting fun race and it'll be interesting to see what they do tactically um you know, maybe I'm wrong about how the race gonna unfold, and Classic Causeway gets loose. If he does, he's dangerous. But uh, I'll be most oh, exactly. surprised if that this... happens.
0: Yeah, I don't think he's gonna get loose with the three. And I mean, I mean, don't you think? I mean, Pletcher with Pletcher and his other runners in there, the three is gonna be gone, probably going. I would think,
2: but I, I think the one may be more of the threat, Yeah. because his yeah, best good. races yeah. have been on the leads, and he draws yeah. the rail. How do they not send right?
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the both yeah. of those horses.
1: Were... Well, you know, it's. <laughs> in... It's interesting because Ken McPeak, I don't know if this is just trainer speak, but he said that he thinks his horse can lay off and I don't know if he can, but, uh, you know, I, I also didn't know if he could turf and, and he, he could. So maybe, maybe he doesn't have to have the lead. The That's question is, does he have to have it?
0: No, he doesn't. And Cause he's, he's won like that before just off the pace. Like, you know, um, it doesn't look like this in the run lines I'm seeing, but I know I think that one of those Tampa races, the Tampa race, I don't know, if it was the Davis. There was another horse on his outside. Yeah, there's another horse on his outside that day that was putting pressure in. You know, they're actually dueling to pretty solid fractions. he was able to sit. He's He's got some grit, this horse. You guys are right. I mean, I would not ignore this horse at all.
2: Yeah, I think and he's going to uh, win some races.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: All right, well, uh, let's move to the last race, and it's uh, it a really interesting pick five. I think uh, I'm I'm playing it. I just don't know exactly how I'm going to play it. The last race <clears throat> is a maiden special weight. It's a mile sixteenth on the inner turf, purse of eighty eight thousand for three year olds and up. And John, how are we going to get paid?
0: I'm singling this race. Boo. <laughs> This is where, you know, this is where I'm trying to get uh, the value gonna spread in those other races and hopefully we get lucky. But number three, Curlin's Wisdom, is the horse I want. Coming um, back to the turf, I mean, this horse, if you look at his early in his career, it's pretty good. His first race, he ran uh, He ran a decent fourth. He was against the bias that day. He came back, and they put him on turf going long. And he did okay. He ran a third, a good third. And you know, his form kind of like, you know, he got mud and you know, he's got you, you know slopped, like, you know, he just didn't get the, the tracks he wanted, got back to the fast track, improved again going along. And the, the race on uh, the 29th, yeah, uh, I I made a note that next time this horse runs, he wins. He ran against the horse Price Discipline, who's a pretty nice Chad Brown horse. Came back and won and non-winners won really impressively. So, you know, I thought he was ready to win, and you just kind of look at his numbers. For me, it's like he kind of really matches up, especially, you know, I still think there might be even some move forward. Now, his last race, you know, they, I guess they tried to get him on an off-the-turf kind of race, and, you know, they didn't, that didn't happen. So they, I guess they had to put him in a sprint at Saratoga. This is one of those kickback days. So he got kickback. So I'm looking for a major improvement. They, they're swinging him right back in nine days. I like the rider change. I think they're going to be aggressive. Ortiz is one of the you know, has run with his horse before, has been on his horse before. I think he's going to be more, you know, like probably on our numbers, upper 80s, which puts him right there with, uh, I think, a relatively soft field, a lot of question marks with horses coming off long layoffs and stuff like that. A firster from Chad Brown that I don't like in this kind of particular angle. Uh, so for me, I'm singling Curlin's wisdom. He plots good, you know, for people that look at optics, pot, he plots as a Q1 square. So that's who I'm with in this race.
1: Curlin's wisdom, uh, Oh, for eight. That's, uh, the, the only negative, uh, but he does have three seconds and three thirds. Chris, what do you think in here?
2: Well, I like everything that John said. That's a horse that I like in here too. Uh, Colonel's wisdom for pretty much all the same reasons. So I like that one. I don't know if I <laughs> would single him, but I like the aggressiveness. Um, definitely he could be a win play in here. Um, uh, the horse I like a little bit better than Colonel's Wisdom is the four-horse Action Jackson. This horse is coming off a layoff, which is, you know, a question. But his turf races have been really good. He's clearly got some physical issues, but he's run well off. You know, on debut he ran really well. Way back as a two-year-old, um, that race was actually fast enough to win this race here. And that was way back, uh, you know, two years ago almost when he was a two-year-old. So, if he's developed at all since then, he could crush this field. Abreu is a cl- pretty clever trainer, especially at Saratoga, especially off layoffs. This could be you could put one over here. Pratt, you know, is worth noting. And this is a, you know, a state-bred maiden race at the end of the day, and he gets Pratt to ride. So, uh, to me, Action Jackson. Yeah, maybe needs a race. You never know, but this might be the time where you could catch him at a price. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him run big. I agree. This is a race, though, where there's you know, a lot, a lot going on, a lot of other horses. And I'm interested to see what, what Scott likes. Um, but to me, Action Jackson, I think. There used to be a cartoon with a character called, Act, or Saturday morning thing that my son used to watch that had Action Jackson in it. I'm not sure um, where that name comes from, but I, yeah. I think that's true. That there,
0: Yeah, there used to there be some, some show. It. Yeah, I think he was a doll, too. I mean, the, the Knicks, when they used to have Phil Jackson, that's what they used to call him, too, Action Jackson.
2: <laughs> All right. Yeah, like That's
0: going way back, the old Knicks when, uh, uh, Phil Jackson used to be a player and a terrible
1: one at that, uh, but, uh, baseball <laughs> actually, <yes. Yeah>. okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, my spell check may turn this horse into oregano that I had to re change it back to uragano, or I, I think that's how you pronounce it or uragano. Um, but if, or Uragano gets in from the also eligibles, uh, he will be my play in this race. I am going to go deep, but, um, I like this horse. He's run on the turf twice. He ran respectable two races ago. Earned a pretty good number, a number that's competitive with these. And then in his last race, he got pinballed after the start. And I, I, I love playing horses that have been pinballed because, um, because it's hard to overcome a pinball. I mean horses that uh, you know that normally would run a good race, if they get pinballed, they're bounced in you know back and forth between two different horses. That's just a really hard thing to overcome. And they basically I tossed the race and and the fact that his last his previous race the number was still good um means that he can improve off that number. So he also gets a bug rider to help overcome the outside post if he gets in. And um, uh, for good measure, he was against a speed flow on racingflow.com's met numbers in the last race. Uh, so, so that's my top pick, but <clears throat> I would go pretty deep in this race. I would use Ashton Jackson. I would also use um, Excursion East. You know, I, I don't know how much – I don't know how long we want to talk about this race, but um, I would use Excursion <laughs> East, Dream Point, Walk Him Down, who's a Chad. Uh, that's a six-to-one morning line on the turf debut. I mean, any any Chad that's like that high price, I think you have to include. Uh, Sir John broke out both starts last year. Now he's developed. He's been gelded. He gets first LASIKs, and he shows a 47-2 workout on the Saratoga training track. So I would use him at 12 to one. And, um, you know, after after picking all these horses, I I originally I was like your mission. He's got a great shot, but he's actually quite a bit slower than the rest of these. And um, but he does get the rail. So uh, be interested to see what you guys think about your mission, who probably be the favorite in this race.
2: Well, the first question I have for you is: How does having a bug rider help you overcome extreme outside post in a turf race?
1: Uh, well, it's, you get five pounds less, so you can make up for the <laughs> the wide trip that you're going
2: to get. But, oh well, to me, I pretty much toss any horse in a turf route with a bug rider. I mean, this rider's won like a hundred, about a hundred races on the dirt and maybe five on the turf, so. Well, that's why you're, that's why
1: I'm, that's why I'm going to get paid. (laughs) Uh, Yes, you
2: will. (laughs) But uh, so I, I would say I like the horse actually, his last race, not only the things you said, but you know, he was uh, in a race that had zero pace. He was trying to come from, you know, way back. So I thought he had a lot of excuses off that and your race before that was good. But, you know, with an apprentice rider from an extreme outside post on a turf route, um, I, and I have a hard time backing that. If he had a better post, I'd be more interested, or you know, a more experienced fighter. I just don't see that as a positive. If it was a turf sprint, maybe, or you know, certainly a dirt sprint, but not a turf route. Yeah. Uh, he's going to have to work a trip, which seems being unlikely. Part of, being part of an entry doesn't
0: help his price, and I know the other entry horses crap, but still hurts their price a little bit. <laughs> being an entry, part of an entry.
2: Yeah, but the I, other part of the entry is named Bert Bert Bert. So that's just the name is yeah. gonna take some money. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I,
1: think, I, I, think, I think if Uragano <laughs> wins this race, he adds a digit to the pick five. Oh he, yeah. They're not gonna be ten no doubt.
2: Well, not only that, he'll if he draws in from the AE's, you know, people that a lot of times there's a little bump. But the fact he is a part of an entry won't help. Now if they scratch. The one that's even better, and and the one A gets in that that might show some intent from the barn, and um you know you won't have to worry about the entry. So anyway, um, I just thought that was kind of amusing to me that you had that apprentice rider being a making up for the post.
1: <laughs> well, uh, no, you well, know what? Actually, let me let me tell you, there's another reason why I like him because. Uh, in the race that he ran, the first turf race that he ran, he was just off the pace. In fact, he started from the eight hole and, uh, he finished fourth by, uh, you know, length and three quarters, but he was close to the pace. You know, he, he wasn't pinballed in that, in that start. So, uh, so I think he can be near the front and I, I, you know, he might only be too wide going into the first turn. So, uh, so I, I, you know, consider. Assuming that he does not get into trouble and does not get pinballed, um, which I wouldn't expect that to happen twice in a row. Um, I think he's got a great shot.
2: All right. Well, you will get paid if he wins, if he gets in and if he wins. Um, the other horse that I liked other than Action Jackson and Curlin's Wisdom uh, was the 10-horse the Conquest. and The reason I like that horse is... I don't see a lot of speed in here and you know to me this horse might be the one who goes to the lead and you know never looks back and since they drew the outside I think they're going to send and if they do they might clear and be really dangerous on the front end Um, and so and I thought his last oh sorry go ahead
0: no, not, no. I'm sorry, to interrupt. You. I, that's why I like the three because I think the three is actually the speed. I mean, he's coming out of sprints, you know. He's coming out of one-turn dirt races, you know. So I, I think, you know, and he's been up close in those races. I mean, the last one he was getting that kickback, but I, I you know, I've, you know, that was he's come out of races with good fast-paced sprint-type races. That's why I thought he'd be forward in this race. That's kind of my another theory there on the on the three.
2: Yeah, I do think he'll be forward. I just don't know if he will. They'll, you know. Send him to the lead. I mean, he might just get yeah, it, but I have a lead. feeling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I do think, given that post with the ten, that they probably will send right to try to get you, that lead. Right. They're probably yeah.
1: Well, yeah. and the the nine beyondi has been on the lead his last three races. N- not not necessarily getting great pace figures, although two races ago we're you know got a pace figure of one hundred nine one ten. I'm talking about uh, time form numbers. So, you know, that's another horse that's going to add add to the mix. I mean, no reason to think that that horse isn't going to be near the lead.
2: I don't know. That last pace was so slow, and they still couldn't win. I'm thinking they might even try to, to rate him here just because he hasn't been, ever <laughs> been able to hold on uh, in races. He can't go any slower than they went in his last race. I mean, that, that's about as slow as you can run a race, right? I mean... <laughs> right those fractions were 20 25 52 117 i mean you know i I could maybe keep up with him you know running (laughs) along beside him at that that pace and he he still couldn't hold on so how is he going to win this race on the front end i'm thinking they might try you know something different in here could be wrong you know if they do send him i don't like him at all just because i i think if he couldn't win in those other races going a lot slower i don't know how he's going to win going faster but um, he might, maybe he is. So maybe the pace actually cooks up. Who knows? Maybe it will be the exact opposite. I was thinking the 10 might clear. Maybe the pace cooks up. You never know. It could. <laughs> that would make action Jackson a little bit better because he needs a little pace to run into.
1: Yeah. Well, you, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, last week, uh, I liked Goliad and I was like, I just hope he does. They don't put him on the lead. And and you were like, yeah, he's, they're going to put him on the lead. And I said, no, I, he loses every time he's on the lead. And then I, I turned on the race. It was mid-race, and he was, a, he was ahead by 10 lengths, going like 22. Um, and he, he ended up holding on. Yeah, they dead send him,
2: and he still won going fast. So, yeah, he was just ran a big race but certainly they they were they did send him but yeah you were right he he ran a big really big race that was yeah I, I just
1: i was wrong about the running style I, I i you know i thought he couldn't win on the lead but uh he, he was able to do it so uh so uh you know, just to wrap up you know my strategy on the pick 5 uh well it, Let's wrap up John's strategy. John's going deep in the in the eighth race, and you're going also pretty deep in the in the tenth race and a little deep in the eleventh, right
0: right, correct I'm going I'm going uh, real deep in the eleventh actually, a little deep in the tenth and then singling the ninth and the twelfth
1: okay, I'm so, I mean, going I mean,
0: if you if you take all the horses, if you just play that ticket, it comes to like for fifty cents goes to ninety six dollars
1: okay. Okay. Uh, look, if you can get Curlum's wisdom home as a single, you deserve everything you get. Because uh, well, I'm, I'm not even. I'm not even. Last night, that.
0: I, last night I got 11 to one shot. We did a similar thing on Delmar last night with Emily, and uh we, we I got eleven one shot home uh, in the fourth leg. Same kind of approach, and so the pick five came back thirty-two hundred. We just missed because the horse that finished second, won by, lost by a nose, would have been nine thousand. So, similar approach. Yeah, I mean, I—that's I, the way I play these things. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, you, I think you have to be a little bit bold in these. You got to play against everyone else. That's how you win. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's—that's that's how you do it. Um, kind of opposite other people. Spreading races that things seem obvious, and then, uh, you know, single races less obvious.
1: Well, or, my or question. My question for Chris is because you mentioned like possibly trying to beat Monterey or life is good. Will you have any ticket with life is good on it? Because like to me, that horse is the single biggest bet against of the year.
2: Well, I will, but it, it will not have Monterey who's going to be one to nine. So, I mean, Monterey will be a shorter price than life is good. Right. I guarantee you.
1: Sure, sure.
2: So I won't. So I won't have anything... With i but I will play a take with life is good beating Monterey. that's that'll be my approach. I gotta beat one of the two, right? okay. um, I'm not gonna have because that's where I think you know probably more than half the pool will be going through those two because everyone's gonna single those two and spread other races. Not everybody, but I mean that's gonna be the kind of default way people play it. And so you know the way to make to get an edge is to to play against that happening. But to me, you know Monterey is more likely to win in life is good, but will be a much shorter price, I think. And in the fact it's a three-year-old against some horses with some upside, I don't think she's, you know, deserves to be one to nine, which he may just go off at.
1: Yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm harping on life is good, mainly because um, he ran such a sensational speed figure in his last race. But I, I don't see any horse doing that. You know, stre- stretching out two more furlongs. Uh, he has had some time, but to to run a, a gigantic speed figure like that and then stretch out, carrying one twenty four against some horses that are carrying like one eighteen, including Happy Saver. Um, I don't know. To me, to me, like life is good. Bounces to the moon. Well,
2: and the distance question marks. Um, and the fact that he tends to regress second off a layoff when he runs a big number like that, so you know, they're definitely. I think he's less likely to win. You know, and I could maybe, um, you know, I'll you know just try to uh, you know, put more money in the you know to beat to beat him than to beat Matera. I probably will because I think she's more likely to win. But you know, from a value standpoint, I think you get more value by beating Monterrey because. She's going to be the single on everybody's ticket. You know, everybody's going to single Monterey. Yeah. I'm going
1: to to have something with uh, Elm Drive. A little something with Elm Drive.
2: There you go. If you catch that one, that's where you'll all of a sudden, you know, I would say, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, 70, 80% of the pick five pools going through Monterey.
1: Would that be Manny Franco's biggest win ever? The test?
2: What what did you say? He's won some great ones. ones.
1: I know he's won some great ones, but the test is like so prestigious. Has he won anything that big?
0: Oh, Manny Franco? Yeah, of course. Uh,
1: Yeah, he's won great ones. Yeah, but like the test, something as big as the test. The test is.
0: yeah, I, no, I think he has. I I, I just can't recall. I, no, was, was he on Catholic boy or something? I don't know who he was. On. He's been on a lot of good horses. He's he's won great ones, big great ones before. At,
2: at Saratoga uh, you know, I, too. I,
0: yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I wouldn't be concerned about him not being able, you know, step up. Oh
2: yeah, yeah,
1: no, I'm. I'm not concerned about. It. I, I I just yeah. think that I think that Michelle Nevin and um and Manny Franco. I think that they're going to be ignored uh, at the windows, especially with Madara. And that it, the price may be much higher than the eight-to-one morning line.
0: Yeah, the, the, the problem I have with that race, with the other horses, like I said, is that the pace dynamic. What, what do those other horses do? They all—they have, they, you know, what are they going to do? They're going to sit. They're going to someone's going to go to lead and and go wire to wire against. Uh, I Matt think Araya. Elm
1: Drive is going to sit like two lengths off the pace.
0: Okay, and then and then go past Matarea. Ma I I I, I, thought,
1: I, I, mean, I think so. so yeah. I mean, Matarea is going to be behind yeah. Elm Drive. I think.
0: Okay,
1: yeah. I just, Monterey I, is going to close and probably best, win.
0: Monterey has got the best finish, uh, you know, of the horses in the race. She's got the best finish. she got tactical speed. she got, you know, much, much better, b- b- running against much better horses. Um, you know, seven furlongs, she fits seven furlongs. These others will, you know, because she's done a mile. You know, this is like a cutback. You know, the horses have been six furlongs. So, you know, they're a suspect. You know, they can even get seven furlongs. I mean someone the, the way I look at it unless and you you guys might see that with one of these horses I think the only way someone's got to run them off their feet that's the only way I could see someone winning or they all gang up and like I said somebody like that 7 comes running late you know but I don't see a scenario where they all sit and they all finish her I just don't see that
2: Yeah I mean to me you're handicapping in like a four year old race and I everything you say I would agree
0: That's with. a fa- that's a but valid it- point
2: that's a valid point.
0: I I, I know what you I understand what you're saying there because there could be upside in these horses. That that's that's fair. I just can't. It's like I would need a crystal ball to figure out what the, who, who that is. You know who's going to be the horse that comes out of that and is is that horse? You know that takes that next step up if there is. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, like maybe. I, I like think working. there's a couple. Yeah.
2: Yeah. To me, it's like I mean because there's there some that've been in
0: state bred. You know they've been running against state bred horses. A couple of them. You know, and you know, I just think the level that they're running, I know it's three year olds, but it's still a level when you're running state bread versus, a, you know, straight open climbers, dramatic, right? There's a couple of them coming out of state bread races. I just, I, I don't know. I just don't see how they're going to make that. You know, that's a big
2: jump.
1: That's well, the
2: big yeah, move. and I think I, I think almost everyone agrees with you, which is why seventy-eight <laughs> percent of the pool will be going through yeah. Monterey. Um, so if you can beat her, you know, there's tremendous value. Oh, there. yeah, yeah. And I, to me, in three-year-old stakes races with lightly raced horses um, with upside, I'm always going to be trying to beat a horse like Monterey that, you know, looks dominant if you just assume that nobody's going to run really big race they've never run before. But they do that all the time in these kind of races. You know, that's how yeah, no, I, I, I probably, you. you know, make most of my money is playing those kinds of horses, the ones that ha- are going to run their lifetime best and trying no, to I, figure I, out I'm, which are uh, uh, that might I'm do that.
0: I, I'm with you. I, yeah, and the other thing, the negative, she does draw the rail, which is not a great thing, right? So that's 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 a negative too. So, yeah, well, it, it could be. I, I'm with you on typically. And I, she's I giving weight. Through.
2: She's giving weight.
0: Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't care about that. So the, the the thing is, is I, I, you know, I just, I haven't, you know, I agree with you on your approach and about three-year-olds. I just don't see which one of those horses is going to project that, that kind of upside. That's all. That's the only thing. That's the, that's the difference. I agree with your approach. I agree with what you're saying about three-year-olds. Absolutely. I just don't see it. I mean, you know, I just don't see that horse. I think to me, I mean, he's just looks, could be a little outgy, but uh, you know, I think like, again, the seven coming off, you know, her coming off the pace in this race, that's, that's a possibility. If they just kind of like all kind of like are head knocking in the stretch and stuff like that. Someone comes swooping down, but I just think
2: they all have. Well, here, a, let me, know, other, yeah. I was going to say, let me use your, your um, way we led off this discussion today. um Kickback horse draws the rail. Mm-hmm. Um, there's you know other horses get sent. She ends up behind horses, eats dirt, doesn't like it. Game over. You know, that could happen. could be, yeah, it could be. but you know,
0: the thing is with the so kickback that's... too. the kickback. So, you know, like one of the things is if you're bright, that, that's watch the races. Cause I you know, I do this in New York also because New York has kickback all year long and you can watch the, the jockeys know it too. And it, the, I can't believe it. it's not talked about more on <laughs> TV, but anyway, watch the jockeys when they do is they get right up. If they have the horse and they don't, and they're going to be behind horse, they get right up on the other horse and they avoid the kickback. It's when you're like a length or two behind the horse. That's when you get the kickback. So watch the jockeys. They either find a space between two horses, or they get right up on the horses, you know, back, so that they can avoid the kickback. So you know, I think who's on the one Ortiz. I don't even know who's. I think it's Ortiz. No Pratt. Right? Pratt. On the, Pratt. Pratt. Okay. No, Pratt. He's been he's been riding New York this year, so he kind of knows that. So that's that would be a yeah, That would be you the do thing to
2: watch. You do see him try to like get between horses on the backside. But when you're on the rail, you don't necessarily have that luxury. So no, you
1: don't. Um, you gotta anyway, get right up. Behind I'm, not the count,
2: I'm not counting. I'm not counting on that happening. I'm more on the horse can improve to beat her. But that could happen. That's just another reason why sure. one to nine oh, yeah. look, depending you on a one to nine shot is. Hundred times
0: how a horse could lose,
2: right?
0: uh, yeah. it doesn't get out of the gate. You know, you know, in a sprint like that, it could be it could be the whole game. You know, game set match right there. So, look, I I applaud I your approach, and I I I like it. You know, and uh, I'm just saying. I'm just, I just had so difficulty. What I do is if I have difficulty finding who's going to beat that horse, even give it any kind of, upset, then I just, that's the favorite. You know, it's, it's when it's, if I so what, even if the favorite looked good, if I just could find someone and say, Hey, this horse, I project to be here. You guys found it. I did in that race.
2: Yeah. And that's legitimate. I mean, clearly you, you have a stronger opinion of Monterey's chances of winning than I do. So, yeah, you know, I'm willing to take a shot. But not only, I mean I will have a ticket with Monterey on top if I can beat life is good. You know, I just want to beat one of the one or both. Um yeah, but I, I don't, don't have necessarily have play. to beat them both.
0: Yeah. Monterey is that the horse I was I don't even
2: I am not that strong on her. I'm just negative on the other horses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it is a pretty it's a pretty sorry feel for a grade one. Yeah, I mean exactly really, yeah. the fact that yeah. It's hard to believe that no other, you know, uh, established, you know, horses, you know, with some kind of resume other, there's really none in here other than Monterey that have done anything, you know, that, that's yeah. just shocking to me at Saratoga. You would think. Exactly. It's uh, usually like really
0: a very competitive race. There's even, gotta be even, some even trainers. Really good horse. Yeah.
1: There's
2: gotta be some trainers
1: like Pletcher saying, what the heck? You know, we're, we're, this, this, this test came up so weak. I I could have put one of my longer, you know, horses, you know, like Shahama or some, you know, nest, you know, like, like it yeah, would be yeah. the nest would okay. pick this race up, you know, would, would, would pick off this race really easily, I would think, or it would be pretty close with Madara because she is fast, but, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe the, the, all the trainers got kind of surprised and realized, you know, just, uh, didn't realize how weak this race was going to come up.
2: Well, and that's a good thing to keep in mind because we saw this happen last week in the Jackie's Warriors race where Marshall Graham's can kind of, you know hit the 10 strike. They didn't try to win. They they dropped back with a speed horse and and in any out finished the, right. everybody other than Jackie's Warrior. You could see that in here. It may look like there's all these horses that want to go to the lead, but they are all looking for black type in a grade one on their resume. Wow. Second or third in the test. So they, they could be writing instructions. Hey, whatever you do, just just relax. Get her to relax early and see if you can finish, you know, unless those other horses come back to you. And, you know, I see a lot of that. So maybe one horse could go and. Nobody catcher, you know, unless or yeah, Monterey yeah, yeah, gets off right. a bad start. A lot of weird stuff could happen in a race like this <laughs> where where it's a grade one for fillies and mares. All, it's all about breeding and racing nowadays. And these, all they're thinking about is black type. They could care less if they win. They would be thrilled to run second or third in this race, any of the horses other than Monterey. And, you know, they may play to run second or third and not worry about winning.
1: Well, but, you know, yeah. You guys are talking about like wondering what's going to happen in this race. I'm going to tell you because I I think I have a pretty clear idea. Wish you well is going to gun for the lead, and Hot Peppers is also going to gun for the lead, and those two are going to be leading this field. And November rains going to be right behind them, just a, a, a less than a length behind them. And then then I don't know what's going to happen after that, but but those two <laughs> should be on the lead. <laughs> All right, you well, heard cause, from Scott. You well, because Rudy, yeah. Rudy has said like hot peppers that, that that's the only way that she can run. Yeah, um, Rudy, I, I and think Rudy, she's Rudy go.
0: can't get anything to run these days. He's 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 mired in a really bad slump.
1: Well, coming hot peppers right. is coming off a win, but um, yeah. but but, but I think Wish You Well. I'm talking if, about. if you look at Wish You Well's first race, I mean, she she sizzled, she sizzled out of there, and um, I, I think they're going to go for it.
2: Yeah, it could be. Certainly, they they'll want her to be forwardly placed. I don't know. If she it's hard to tell. You know, she's only run one time where she if she did any running at all. So, and that was a maiden race where you know they typically all want to go to the lead. So you don't really know what her running style or what she's capable of. And that's what I'm just saying. That these three year olds they're capable of improving. You don't really know the running style. There's just a lot more unknowns, which is why I'm always a little more uh, anxious to try to beat a heavy favorite versus like four-year-olds or older when they're established uh form you know they're less especially on dirt races less likely to jump up and run a big race you know out of out of the blue
0: yeah and the other thing is when you look at these you know pace figures sometimes it could be misleading you know you get a horse that's classy and maybe his pace figure doesn't look as good but within a pace figure there's like it could be a Five second interval where this horse just busts out the other horse. You know, like if you, you only kind of look at pace figures. I guess they measure them in quarters or halves or something like that. And within a quarter, you got you know four or five other quarters, right? Four quarters in a quarter, right? So it, I'm saying is that in class, sometimes a horse could run a, like a 5.2, and the other one could run a 5.6 within that that quarter and can knock a horse out. I mean that that that's that's class. That's how like that's why you could look at it and say you know, these horses that always get positional speed and they, look, they don't look great on you know pace figures. They don't look like they're going to be able to compete on pace figures, but they can because they, it's really, we got to look at the races and who they've been running against. That's the key to it sometimes. How they get positional speed, how they get out of the gate is so important too. Like the, what we're talking about, those other horses, that makes a bit, world of a difference. You know, even closers that can get out of the presses who can get out of the gate quick have a, such an advantage, right? Because they don't have to make up any ground. They don't have to do anything. they just, they, they get... in automatic position too. They get themselves in position. So, you know, she popped out. I don't know if you've lost seen her last looked at her last race, the one she won. She mean like gunned out of that gate with, right? Uh Madurea. She she just popped. I mean she just flew out of the gate. And uh I don't know. Cox Cox had a horse today. They sent her to the lead uh uh and on the turf race, in the stakes race, and they just sent her and she just flew home. I mean she went wire to wire yeah i know you said royal perfection did you perfection
2: did you see that chris yeah she wa- she wired them pretty easily yeah
0: yeah
1: so okay let's uh let's let's move let's move along here any spot plays at the rest uh at this track uh i guess it could be anywhere but any any spot plays you gentlemen have let me check
0: me here. I could take a quick look here. I just could look at something.
1: As usual, I haven't handicapped.
2: Oh, I thought maybe you had since you're going to the track. Um, well, you know. I, I,
1: I've, I've started. I, but I did the deep dive on this pick five. So, so I, I, I went through, but I didn't like. I didn't do a deep dive on the other races. Well,
2: well nothing, John's nothing looking.
1: jumped out at me.
2: Well, John's looking. I did have. Um, a spot play at del mar uh the 10th race it's a californian dream and it's a state bred stakes race there's two horses shipping in from northern california yeah. the four horse tom surprise and the five horse freeport joe um they're both double digit It's on the morning line i think they're both really live um i probably like freeport joe a little better than tom surprise but to me both fit really well in here in a race that if the chosen Vron, who's the favorite, trying trying the turf for the first time, doesn't run well on turf, it may, you know, but um, it's completely wide open. I think both of those horses are live. So, the four Tom Surprise and the five Freeport Joe in the tenth race at Del Mar, the California California Dreamin' Stakes. Okay.
0: I got I got a horse bomber
2: i you want to just pick a flyer, Caribbean
0: Number Four, Caribbean Night in Race Four at Ellis Park on the turf, twenty to one morning line.
2: On. Do you think they're going to be on the turf at Ellis tomorrow?
0: I don't, know. Has the weather been bad there?
2: Weather know. looks bad. Yeah, the forecast okay. looks bad. I didn't spend much time on those. I like those turf races there, but I didn't even look at them just because I assumed okay. they're going to be off. Okay. Uh, who was it again? Who was uh, it?
0: Caribbean Night. Uh, oh, Caribbean a f- Night Number Four.
2: In yes. which race? race fourth?
0: fourth race, four, yeah, on the turf. Yeah, the, the horse is against the flow, is against the shape. It's, it's like a, it's, it's not a great field, but uh, it's a wide open race. You
2: got a lot of slow horses in that race and a lot of issues. So, well, we like bombers in turf races for sure.
1: Okay, I'm just checking to see if the. Uh... DRF clocker report came out yet and dang it, it hasn't come out just to see if there was any, you know, any, any, uh, any, any, uh, anything I could add uh, on our pick five because, because uh, I don't have any spot plays. So.
2: all right. Well, I think so. we, I think their listeners are probably either turned it off or gone <laughs> to sleep by now anyway. <laughs> If if <laughs>
1: if you're still listening right now,
2: <laughs> yeah. but you know what?
0: though so that that was a great conversation about the three year olds and all. That was a really good conversation. Believe it. I know, I know we're talking about a race where you got to, like you said a one to five shot. But still, that's a great discussion. I think that's a great discussion. A lot of I lot I, of I agree.
2: I I love yeah. those discussions, and I think it that's a lot more helpful to listeners, especially the ones that are just starting out you know, long-term versus, you know, who we think is going to win a race. Just some of these right. principles or ideas that they right. can apply going forward are a lot more valuable, definitely.
1: All right, well, um, now that we've um, we've extended this for uh, this great discussion for a long time, uh, it's time to wrap it up. So let's uh, thank our guest, John Doyle. John, thanks for handicapping with us.
0: Thank you. Thanks for letting me join you guys. And, and hey, just so you know, too, Thursday's 4th, uh, 445 Eastern time. We do a live stream on YouTube, Optics. You can go check it out on Twitter at OpticsEQ. Optic, Optics and uh, we go through races live. We do this, but while the races are going on. So we analyze the races while they're going on. We do it for about two hours. So check us out.
1: All right. Definitely check that out, John and Emily together. Uh, to various stud handicappers. That will conclude show number 184 of the Sport of Kings pod. Good luck at Saratoga and please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo blowout.
2: I'll see you on Sport Kings. Cheers. Gideon.